So this coming week is one of my favorite weeks of the year. It is the week that I get to go back to summer camp. Yay! I grew up going to summer camp, church camp, Bible camp. I don't know if any of the rest of you did as well, but if you did, you know the excitement I'm talking about. I get to go back one week every year to counsel the high school girls, and I absolutely love it. And if you didn't go, it's not too late. You can send your children you can sponsor a camp. You can send your friends' kids if you don't have any or if yours are too grown. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And for many of my friends, I know people are concerned about, well, but my kid isn't ready or they're not old enough or they really like me or they're afraid to be away from home. I totally get it. I understand. I do think sometimes the world that we live in can be a scary place and we can actually make it scarier than we need to be at times, especially if we're going to try to focus on trusting God and having faith in him and that he's protecting us and taking care of us and watching over us no matter where we are. But I just want to encourage those of you with kids, especially camp age, send them, send them, even if it would be hard for them and it would be a struggle for them. You know your kid best, like if it's going to be a total no-go, you don't do it. But if it's just kind of like, oh, I'd be afraid, that's okay. Because we learn as we go through life and in our wisdom as adults looking back, like there are going to be a lot of things in this life that are kind of scary and that God may ask us to step out in faith. But we need to start learning that we can do things even when they're scary because God is with us. And there are blessings and rewards in being obedient and putting yourself out there and going for it, taking a leap of faith. It's a life lesson because things are going to be scary. We can't protect our children from all fear, but also knowing that there are going to be benefits and just truth that blessings that come along with it not to mention one of the things that I've always prayed for for our children is like God please bring other people into my children's lives to speak truth to them because you probably know if not with parenting your own kids just in your own heart like it comes out differently it just lands differently when it comes from somebody else than from you. So you need those people to be pouring into the life of your children, especially when it comes to faith and God, so that they can see all of these other people all share faith the same way, and they're excited about it at camp. They, It's not embarrassing. They don't hide it. This is how they live, and it's super healthy, very impactful, and it has been a game and life changer in the hearts and minds of many, 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 many people. So I encourage you, find a summer camp. Send your kids. If not, support them in the work that they are doing and if you're an adult it's not too late to go back and be a counselor as well or help in other ways but okay that's my soapbox on summer camp but the reason I even bring it up is one that's this week I'm super excited two as I was reflecting on being a camper growing up there is a year that stands out to me pretty highly in that the theme of the year was the fruit of the spirit there's a huge banner with the verse Galatians 5 22 and 23, up on the outside of the dining hall. And you would line up outside as you wait for meals. So three times a day, we're standing out there waiting for meals. And I'm looking at this banner, the theme for the week, and definitely memorized it. And has stuck with me ever since. The fruit of the Spirit being the mark of a believer who walks by the Spirit. Like, this is what the world should see and what it looks like. And as I was thinking about that today, because there's a particular topic in there that I want to talk about, I was like, you know what, I should probably, let's read the whole chapter, maybe go back and look at the book in context, make sure I'm not just picking out a verse and using it for something. It reminded me, I was like, man, I have not been in Galatians for a while. This is good stuff. Paul is writing to the church of Galatians and saying, hey, somebody 
whoever it is that has come into your body, into your community or into your church, is pulling you away from the gospel by teaching you another gospel. Remember when I came, me, Paul, I told you about the freedom that you have in Christ and the gospel I shared to you came directly from God in revelation to me. Like he spends time defending himself saying, um, I didn't even go for years to talk to the other disciples to hear what they had to say because God gave me this revelation directly. I am teaching you not what a man has said, but what God has said. And he has given us freedom from sin and out from under the law to not be controlled and gratifying the passions of our flesh, but to be living in freedom from our sin through faith, walking with the Spirit so that we can have a life defined by the Spirit and hence the fruits of the Spirit. Now in chapter 5, he talks about what the fruit of the flesh looks like. It's a long list. It's all the things that you would think and know between envy and jealousy and orgies and drunkenness and debauchery. It's a, it's a hefty list. And he starts that section by saying, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So I wanted to talk about the fruits of the spirit because of the word self-control. Like they all sound lovely. They all sound lovely. We should be marked by and have and exude because they've been given to us by the spirit. If we stay walking in step with the spirit, we should be able to show and be known and seen by the fruits that are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I could use more of that and self-control. And self-control, I don't know that gets enough attention, at least not by me. I am aware of my inability to have constant, consistent self-control in certain areas of my life, no doubt. And I'm like, why do I not pay attention to that a little bit more? Like, it's so easy to be like, oh, we need to have joy and love and we need to be patient. I was like, okay, but what about the self-control? Because if we're walking by the Spirit, it says you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So it requires the fruit of self-control to really help fight this desires of the flesh. This is all about walking in step with the Spirit and having the power of the Spirit to be able to do it. What is it that I desire? Is it the fruits of the Spirit or to gratify the flesh? Because there are many times throughout the day that I make choices in the moment to simply gratify the desires of the flesh. There are times that I make plans and goals and three-year plans and five-year plans to do this and this and this and to have this and this and this to gratify the desires of the flesh. Like, it is an intentional process put in place. And I was like, ah, do I have enough self-control to make intentional processes put in place to satisfy the desires of the Spirit, to walk in step with the Spirit? And it has been very convicting to me. Now, I am someone who is very, very good and spend a decent amount of time about learning about God. I will listen to podcasts all day. I will listen to sermons. I will do all the things. And I will learn about God all the time. And I've been very convicted lately, like, hey, 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 you do a lot of time learning about God. But what about being in intimate relationship with God, sitting in the word Now, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, Garden Metaphors, we talked a lot about that in just about like 
this intimacy in our relationship with the Lord, with the Spirit, and it takes the intentionality. So with that in mind, I invite you into a challenge that I put out on social media the last couple days, 77 Discipline. Total my own knockoff of the 75 hard workout thing, which I will not do because, nope, too hard. But for 77 days, we are going to work on being disciplined because I'm always beating myself up like, oh, Erica, you just can't do anything consistently because you lack discipline. And I will tell you that my quote, my word, my focus for the year was the word, is the word focus because I beat myself so much up on this area of discipline, I saw this quote that said, it's not that you're not disciplined, it's that you've lost focus. So my word has been focus. Like, okay, focus. What's the goal here? What's the end game? What's the desire? What do we satisfy? How do we walk? Focus. It's not that you're not disciplined, it's that you keep losing focus. I was like, huh, I think that's true because I can go through seasons of life very disciplined and then you're like, you get cocky. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I got this down. And then it falls away because now your focus has shifted to something else. So I need to refocus. I need to work on that discipline and get back into this place of being disciplined. So I invite you to join me, 77 Discipline. The basis of this is for 77 days, we are committing to being in scripture for at least 15 minutes a day. Everyone will add, if they choose, additional goals, two to four more. So you have like three to five goals that you're going to work on and accomplish every single day for 77 days. And if you miss a day, you start back over. <laughs> I mean, that is the the gist behind the 75 heart, and I think that's a solid peer pressure that I might need. We can call it accountability to sound good, but come and join us. There's a chart, you can download it, you can print it off, mark off your 77 days, share if you would like what your goals are going to be, but we're all gonna start with this place of, it's time to get back into the word, to focus on being intimate in our relationship with the Lord to focus on that and to walk in step with the spirit as a result of it. So head on over to the socials. There's a group on Facebook. It's a public group. Come on over, join us, invite all of your peoples, your friends, anybody that you might think would be interested, share it on your social media page because the more the merrier, the more the the pressure, the more the, I don't want you to see me fail. So it, it should help in our accountability walk. But I want to draw attention to on the bottom of the 77 discipline chart. Now you have a spot to write your five goals. The first one up on top needs to be scripture and the rest do what you will. But on the bottom, I have a verse, Titus 1.8. And I want to add a little context to it because that verse, this portion of scripture in the book of Titus, it is talking about the qualifications for an elder in the church. Now, we are probably not, those of us listening to this, including myself, are probably not out up for eldership in our church. And that is okay, because I think these are great for all of us that are trying to walk in this upright, worthy life that God has blessed us with. But the verse that's on there is verse 8, and I want to back up and I want to read 7, 8, and 9 for you. Titus 1, 7 says, For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach, He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but, verse 8, hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Verse 9, he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction and sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. 
I think this is an important list, maybe something just to draw our attention to, that as God's steward of the faith, we may not be elders of the church, but we sure are in our lives. And we have spheres of influence all over the place, that these should be some of the things, along with those fruits of the Spirit and a million other things that define us, that people see when they look at us, and which should be part of the focus of our heart as we're walking in step with the Spirit, to be self-controlled, to be upright, to be holy, and to be disciplined. So, the challenge stands. Join us. We're going to start August 6th through October 22nd. You have a little over a week to invite your friends, to pray about what you want to add for goals, to get on the group, to share your goals, to start planning and prepping intentionally for whatever those other goals are, because I'm going to probably have clean eating on there. So I'm going to need to start thinking about what that looks like. I will have to prepare and be intentional for stepping into this maybe challenging 70, 70 days. Not maybe. It's going to be challenging. (laughs) We can do hard things, though. It's all good. So think about it. Pray about it. Join us. Start preparing, and we will get started in just over a week. 77 Discipline. Go find it. Join us. Let's do it.